Thanks for joining us for the Fight for Your Marriage podcast with Charlene and Lori. This is a place where you can find hope for your marriage through Jesus Christ. Hi, it's Lori, and I'm so glad that you tuned in for this episode. Let me ask you a question. If you have gone through a separation or divorce, did you wonder how you were going to navigate the relationship with your in-laws? There is a whole family that you married into, and so you might be wondering what happens now. Well, today we're going to talk about how to navigate these relationships. When you got married, your spouse's family became your family. And we always talk about how separation or divorce doesn't just impact a couple, but it impacts many others, including your mother-in-law, your father-in-law, your sister or brother-in-law, and even other friends of yours that were like your couple friends. I know that this episode is going to encourage you as we really dive into how to navigate these relationships through separation and divorce. And my mom, Charlene, and I love this episode. It's not a topic that's discussed often, but it definitely should be discussed more. And so I hope that this encourages you as you try to move forward in your family relationships. Well, we are here with um, our good friend, Jim, today, and Jim's a board member that you've heard on the podcast before, if you have listened before, Um, and we have an interesting topic to talk about today. So, Jim, I'm glad that you're with us, and we appreciate you joining us. Well, thank you for having me again. Yes. awesome. (laughs) I joke that we're going to have to put you on as a co-host if we keep having you on. We love your insight and you've been um, standing and praying for your marriage for several years. And I know that it ministers to the men that get to hear it um, Mm -hmm. because it shows them that there's other men out there that are standing and praying for restoration. Um, But today's not going to be just for the men. Today, I know will resonate with men and women. And we're going to talk today about the um, relationship you have with your in-laws when you're going through separation or divorce Mm. and through a separation or divorce, it often feels like you need to sever those relationships. And you think, well, that's my spouse's family and I should stop having a relationship with them and move on. But we're going to talk about how we can continue those relationships and how we can cultivate them, how we can pray for those um, in-laws that have been family. They've been your family Mm. for the years that you've been with your spouse and how important it is. Mm -hmm. And I know it's a topic that both of you dealt with, you know, in your in-law relationships when you were going through divorce and something that is dear to your heart. So I know it's going to be a blessing for the people that are listening. I'm so excited to do this today because I know that my mother and father-in-law There's a story that you may have heard before is that my father-in-law and my dad planned an event, go to a concert, Christian concert, go to a Christian concert. And that is where I met my husband, Mm. never knowing that less than a year later, we would be married. We were just, we started dating and it was love and it was amazing. And I just praise the Lord that for in-laws, I, mm-hmm. my father-in-law um, outlived his wife and we were able to care for him when he got older. And my children were um, blessed to have a strong relationship with their grandparents. 
and and they lived very close to us, which was another blessing so that the kids could go down there and see their grandparents at any time. (laughs) But you have to look at when you're, when you have separation or divorce to not feel that that includes your in-laws because we're praying for marriage restoration. We're praying for it to be reconciled, to be rebuilt and restored. So we want to try to keep some sort of a healthy relationship with the in-laws throughout it. But we also have to give honor and, and give them um, leeway that they're, um, child or adult child, um, your spouse might not like that. Yeah. So we have to be careful to mm-hmm. how to do that. So we're going to discuss this today. And I'm just telling you, it is going to be a great topic to talk about, pray about, and to uh, study about it. Well, Jim, what was your relationship like with your in-laws when your um, separation and divorce happened? Yeah, it's a... <laughs> It, it was unbelievable to me. My father-in-law, who, um, just a little background, he and I were partners in a business. I had originally owned a, a company, a small company, and he wanted to be a part of it so badly that he made a small investment. And we ended up working together every day for 10 years, you know, wow. pretty much every day except Sundays. But we were in a van together for the most part. Um, and so my relationship with my father-in-law became a far greater relationship than I ever had with my own father. Um, and so when you think about severing that type of relationship, um, it's, that's, I think sometimes in a lot of cases, even greater pain piling on to the separation of your family, the the destruction of your family with when your wife or your husband leaves. And so that was really powerful for me that I would possibly not have that relationship um, you know, as strong as it had ever been. They used to come to our house. Uh, my, my in-laws used to come to our house once, at least once a week, sometimes twice a week for dinner. And so, you know, the strength of that relationship was pretty powerful. And to think that that wasn't going to be there again, that was really traumatizing for me. Um, crazy part was, is my father-in-law never let that go. Um, over the over the years that we were separated and have been separated, he would call me out of the blue, um, just say, Hey, haven't heard from you for a while. What's going on? What, what's happening? Catch me up kind of thing. And so he, he was very, you know, intricate and, and very, um, m- very much wanting to maintain our relationship even after, you know, um, his daughter had left my life. So it was still, quite strong up until last year when he passed away, but uh, not so much with my mother-in-law. It was like, you know, because he and I had that daily um, occurrence with each other. She, you know, she kind of remained in sort of in the background. Um, But yeah, it was our, my in-law relationships have always been very, very strong. Not so much with my brothers and sister-in-laws as much as my, definitely my in-law parents, you know. What did your father-in-law think or say to you when you shared with him that you were praying for your restoration of your marriage? He was very supportive. I mean, he, he would always make a statement, uh, you know, cause I would always kind of give him updates as to where I was. And he was like, as long as you remain on your face, this, you know, this, and that was like legit hit when he said that, that he, he meant that, you know, like prostate before the Lord, that was his thing. And, uh, you know, it was, 
really encouraging to have him have that view of my faith in this. And, you know, I don't know, I can't confirm that he was praying for restoration of our marriage, but I can tell you that he was definitely praying over me in terms of how I sought out restoration for my family. Um, and I would, I would even say he, he had Alzheimer's later on um, over the last couple of years. But even before that, I can say that that was still very strong, very, very strong. Um, Did it ever cross your mind in those um, early days to kind of walk away from that relationship with your in-laws and think, well, my marriage is over. And so I guess I'm not related to them anymore and I'll move on. Uh, because our bond was so strong, I would go to back home and, uh, continually stop in to see them. You know, we were pretty far apart. We're 950 miles apart, but every time I went back to the old homestead, so to speak, I would make sure to see them. And his, his mantra, even right up to the week he died, was the door's always open, the coffee's always on, and there's always a bed with your name on it kind of wow. thing. Wow. So, you know, and, and a lot of people don't have that. I, I'm, I mean, obviously, that's very, very special in terms of the, the separation of the families. And I, and I don't know how my wife handled that or how that made her feel. Um, I mean, I, I have some obvious signs that it was not comfortable for her. Um, but it, again, it wasn't something that I was initiating all the time. I mean, my father-in-law would make sure that he stayed in touch with me. Um, and he would always hand the phone off to mom. You know, he would always like, hang on a minute and hand her the phone and, you know, <laughs> and we'd talk for a few minutes, you know, but, um, so yeah, it, it there's a balance, you know, and, and I think that I occasionally maybe, um, went beyond the balance of how uncomfortable that probably made them feel. You know what I mean? Um, so I tried to be sensitive to that because it is their, it's their child. They're going to, they, they're going to want to defend. And, and, and the other part of this is, you know, my wife isn't the only child that they've been through with this. They, they have, they had seven children and the bottom three children all left and divorced their spouses. Wow. And, and so, even though their view, they were married for 67 years. And wow. Amazing. Though, yeah. Even though their view, you know, about marriage was, I want to say very different from, you know, what had happened in their own family. Um, they, they, they're still going to stand by their children. You know? I think that's, <clears throat> I think that's such an important point to make because, um, as a person standing for marriage restoration, you have to respect the position that your, let's say mother-in-law and father-in-law are in, if they are pursuing a relationship with you. Mm -hmm. And, um, I, I think that sometimes you might have a mother-in-law and father-in-law that say, you know, I'm, I'm siding with my son or daughter and I don't want a relationship with you. And, that's okay. If that happens, what we want to talk about today is how to continue to love them unconditionally and to pursue um, a relationship with them as much as they'll have it. Now you said the relationship with your mother-in-law wasn't as strong after the divorce. Um, do you think 
any of it was because she felt maybe torn in loyalty or do you know why it was that way? Oh, it was definitely loyalty toward her daughter. There's no doubt about it. I think that, um, and you know, it's funny because we all have a bag of stuff that comes with us in our relationships. And I know that my mother-in-law's family background was she was not the favorite person in her family. And so I know that she struggled with a lot of, you know, emotions about her own family, her own upbringing. And that was not going to happen with her children. Her children know how much they matter to her. Her children will always be, uh, you know, above any in-law child. I mean, I just, I'm just saying it the way I saw it, you know, it's like, um, she always used to say, oh, you're not my son-in-law, you're my son. And I was, and I'd be like, um, no, I'm, I'm your son-in-law, you know, I have a mom, you know, you're, you know, so it's, it's interesting that when this all came down that, um, there, there was tension between her and I, after all these years of, you know, I, I knew I've known them for 40 plus years of my life. You know, I met her when she was 14 years old, you know, so it's like, I've known them longer than I've known, you know, almost anybody else in my life, really. So it's, that's a tough one. You know, the one thing that I, I do, I want to back up a little bit. You asked me a question about in the very beginning, in the very beginning, when my wife left, I was like, can't you shake some sense into her? Yes. And I think that's a normal kind of reaction. If you do have a really solid relationship with your in-laws, you know, this is your child. Can't you right. speak to her? Can't you, you know, tell her what, how this is going to turn out? Can't you just, you know, and, and that's something that I realized that, you know, now that I have a grown daughter, how would I handle that? You know, right. what would that be like for myself? And, um, and, and along that line, and maybe this is a separate side note, um, the scripture says, and Jesus requotes it, a man shall leave his father and mother and be cleaved to his wife. A man shall leave his father and mother. A woman shall leave her father and mother. It's not our responsibility as parents any longer to be there doors wide open for our children right. on that right. day that they took those vows that ended. And, our, right. and I believe now because of my own separation um, and subsequent divorce, I believe now my role as a parent is to push my daughter and my son, our two children back into those relationships and say, Hey, tough it out, work this out. I mean, cause the, you know, and they, they would never do that anyway because of what they've been through. But in my wife's case, I don't think my in-laws really thought about that for certainly my mother-in-law yeah. didn't think, oh, wait, we left her at the altar with this man and, sh- and that's the most important relationship now. It's not ours. No, their, their door was always open to all of their children. And, yeah. and that's a problem in my view, you know? Right. Yeah. Well, I think it's, it's that love of that relationship with the children that it, even if you have a close relationship that you want to say, well, the door is always open, you know, if you need, if you need to come over mm-hmm. and that's, we should never say that we should never say um, the door is open because we want to pray and say, we're going to pray for God to do a miracle and, in, in and the Eros love, the agape love. We're going to pray that God will rebuild, restore, resurrect whatever is not right in your marriage to be all that it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And, um, and of course, we have family members 
and brothers, sister-in-laws and so forth that are all not believers. And that makes a difference also. So they want to come in the humanness to open the door and, and do whatever they can, you know, but not spiritually. We've got to understand what the Lord wants us to do. We're to cleave to our spouses and we're, we are, we, we basically, uh, and, and especially women, we've changed our name to be um, our husband's and name forever. So we need to understand that God had a divine purpose that marriage, he hates divorce, as he says it so clearly. I hate divorce. So we want to stand up and pray that we can keep a strong relationship, but we have to do it by praying and asking God to intervene in all the different circumstances that we may go through and intervene on pray about your relationships with your mother and father-in-law uh, and before you speak it maybe to them mm-hmm. of wanting to fix different relationships. I think that the point is, is that you don't have any control over your in-laws and how right. their, their reaction, right. how they choose your brother-in-law, your sister-in-law. Um, we talked earlier about other couple friends, you know, when a divorce or a separation happens, if you have mm-hmm. friends that are couples, chances are they're going to choose a spouse to continue a relationship with, and they might abandon another spouse. Mm-hmm. And, and we have no control over that. What we can control is our reaction, mm-hmm. is our behavior. Um, let me read a verse from Romans um, chapter 12. And starting in verse 17, it says, do not repay anyone evil for mm-hmm. evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. And that's so important because it we can handle our reaction and our, um, you know, attitude as far as the rejection, because you might face rejection from relatives that say, you know, I don't think we should speak anymore. Um, give me some examples, Jim, of how you tried to cultivate the relationship, even with your mother-in-law, but with your in-laws, what are some ways over the years that you have tried to cultivate the relationship with them and to invest in them, letting them know, like, I still love you. And I'm, I still want to be part of the family basically. Yeah. Um, I guess the biggest things for me were those, you know, taking those phone conversations from my father-in-law, he would call at random throughout the period of time that we've had, you know, this long, my, my, throughout my stand, um, up until recently, obviously, but, um, that and, and making sure that I stopped in my, our children are still their grandkids Mm -hmm. that'll never cease to exist. And, you know, it was important to me to allow them to know and and for me to be a witness to my stand. Um, they, you know, my mother-in-law would see my wedding band on my hand, you know, and um, there were a couple of times where she would touch my hand and actually rotate my ring. And it's wow. like, you know, so th- those little tiny things, I think, were so different from what they had experienced with the other children in their own family who had you know, divorced and separated from their spouses. Um, but again, it's that fine line of wanting to res- be respectful of them. They're in pain. I mean, let's just face it. We, we think we're the ones in pain and we're, you know, our children are in pain, but it's the full extension of the family that's all that's in true. pain, you know? Yeah. Um, and I had a sister-in-law in that family that 
would constantly reach out and we would be in contact with each other. We were both in-laws, you know, we were both on the marrying side of, of that family. Um, but over the years, I think she even felt the tension of continuing to have conversations with me. And, and I've lost that relationship, you know, over the years, because, you know, out of respect for her, I'm not going to continue to push that, you know, she's still married to my wife's brother and I love them to pieces, but because I love them, it's not, I don't want to, you know, cause any friction or waves in their marriage for sure. You know, because, you know, that's a relationship that'll always continue. And they're again, an uncle to our children, you know, so there's so many facets to the in-law side of a standards relationship that it's, and it's individual, it's an individual sport. I always say that about standing anyway, but if I just can't imagine trying to, you know, stand without the Lord for first off, that's, it's virtually impossible because you're, there's no way in your own strength, you would ever try to continue to have those relationships. No way. But knowing that, you know, love and forgiveness um, run hand in hand and they don't cease to exist ever, truly. And there are a lot of times, and I've had to forgive my in-laws without them knowing, you know, um, that I had to continue to forgive them just as, just as I've had to try to forgive, you know, on a daily basis, my wife, you know, and so it's, you know, it's, it's Christ, you know, I, I, I feel like people, people look at Christ as though, oh, Christ was all about love. Let's replace the word with compassion because it's truly more about compassion for the people that we do love, the people that we care about. That's what Christ was about was compassion, you know? Um, And and it's easy to be compassionate toward people who don't understand, you know, what a stand is and why you're doing it. And, you know, I mean, I say it's easy, it's difficult, but I mean, it's, it's easier when you love them to have compassion that they don't know what they don't know, you know? And they might not verbalize their um, support or disdain for you, you know, or for what you're doing. They, um, in our situation that, you know, um, you could talk about how my grandparents didn't, they didn't take a side. They, they, quietly stood on the sidelines and they were watching what was unfolding. And I think like you're saying, quietly supporting, Mm -hmm. you know, what, what you were doing, because of course they would prefer to see their son and his wife together and in a family, Mm -hmm. but they did not, you know, rally as cheerleaders to say, we believe you and we agree that you should stand for this marriage and we're behind you a hundred percent they quietly just watched and observed and tell them what happened the day you got remarried. (laughs) Well, let me start at the beginning because I did something very wrong that I will say don't ever do like I did is that when Bob um, said he wanted to leave and get a divorce and, and well, let me say he was not living a Christ-like life. And I finally said, okay, you can't have both worlds. Mm -hmm. And I did not know the word like I know it now and I didn't, and I said, if you're going to live like that, then I'm going to divorce you. And I was the one foolishly enough to file for divorce and get divorced. When I went down to tell my uh, in-laws what I was doing, I told them, which I should have never done, is the details of some of Bob's 
um, unfaithfulness. And I should have never spewed that out. And I, I want to say that to everybody now. You know, it made me feel good to say, oh, look at me, poor me. But it was really uh, saying how bad their son was and where, how much trouble he was in living in the world's way, which broke their heart. And I realized that after the Lord really hit me over the head with saying, look what you did. And, and I wasn't seeking God for his um, okay on that or mm -hmm. his uh, saying, go speak to them. So I really had to really eat humble pie. And when I, God started to speak to me about praying for my marriage and, and asking God to restore it, I had to go down there and say, I have been walking in the flesh. I've been living like the world and I have, God has touched me and changed me. Soften my heart to say, mm -hmm. what is my way? What is God's way? And so with doing that, I repented and I, I've, I've said it probably, this is one of my quotes that they'll say, Charlene, is that I can say to you, I lived where they could look in her kitchen, um, in her kitchen, looking out that window, she could see my car and the, my sidewalk going to my house. So I said, it's like, you know, the FBI was able to see everything. And so I said to her, I can only promise you that I will not, you'll not see a row of men coming into that house. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be praying for Bob to come home mm -hmm. and pray that he comes in back into that door. So I did do that. I pray that anything that we have said and done wrong in air, we, we uh, write a letter, send a card, or do it on the phone, or if you have a relationship like that, to say our weaknesses, and I'm sorry I said everything that I did, um, and, and then get our children to be able to have see their grandparents easily. My kids were able to walk down back and forth uh, freely and um, they were blessed by that relationship. And I didn't have to um, say anything or open the door a lot with that. The kids were able, because they were so close, they were able to have a good relationship with them, which I felt was important. And you had a, an open relationship with them, but they never sided with you saying, never. no, saying we're, we're supportive of your stand. They, Correct. Right. So the day you got remarried, what, what did your mother-in-law say to you? Um, she said, I knew you were going to get remarried. I knew you were going to get remarried sooner or later. I knew you were going to do it. If I, if I could comment on the friend relationships, like, because I'm, I'm now currently dealing with an old mutual friend relationship where we were very involved with this husband and wife and their children um, for years. Um, and we lost touch through the divorce and lost touch even prior to that a little bit with them. And then recently they moved into my town or the next town over, which is unbelievable. So I've rekindled this relationship. Um, but but unfortunately, the wife in that relationship um, is very cold to me, very cal kind of, not cal I don't want to say callous, but um, believes that I was the cause. You know what I mean? And so uh, it's, it's an interesting feeling to see that she knows I'm standing for my marriage and she knows I want restoration for our family and reconciliation with my wife. But also, and, and as a believer, 
but also just doesn't want to support it because, you know, I hurt my wife, you know what I mean? Like I was the cause, um, and, and makes that, and definitely makes that claim, you know, like the reason she left is because of you kind of thing. And, and so it, it's, it's tough, but, and so to love, even though Mm -hmm. as much as it depends on me in that Romans verse, drop the mic because that is the truth that's full-on scripture view that's jesus having compassion on that person because they forgive them father for they know not what they do right and that's that's how you maintain those relationships i'm not going to judge her i'm not i can't right you know she doesn't know you know everything all the details of our lives but i still want that relationship i still want them to be you know friends of ours And what an example, because this is where people need to understand that separation and divorce is not just about a husband and a wife. Separation and divorce impacts in-laws, children, future generations, your friends, your church family. Mm -hmm. And that couple, for example, if they were to ever hit a point in their relationship where they were struggling and possibly facing separation and divorce themselves, I would think that they would go back to what is Jim doing and how is he fighting for his marriage? And that's why it's so important for, for us as believers to, to pray and ask the Lord to give us um, the tenacity that we need to do what we can do to love those who may not be right. returning that love to us. Right. Yeah. And yeah. And, you know, who your father-in-law recently passed away mm-hmm. and up until his death, weren't you able to still remain in a good relationship with him? Oh, very much so. I mean, um, I would, let's see, he passed away in September <clears throat> and I was at their house in July um, on three different occasions, went to visit them and had coffee with them on the front porch and one day sat in the living room for hours, just talking, just the three of us, my mother-in-law, my father-in-law. And of course he, he had his, his good days and his bad days where his memory was sharp. And there were days when you could tell he was way off, but we, we talked about all kinds of subject matter. And one, one of which was um, his dad left. My father-in-law is the oldest of three boys and his father left their relationship back in the forties and moved across the country um, and left those three boys with their mom. Mm -hmm. And she never dated, never remarried, nothing. And so my father-in-law at 11, by the way, he was 11 years old. And the last conversation that we had on the front porch was, dad, did you ever feel any kind of, you know, pain about your, about your father leaving? And my mother-in-law sitting right next to him, And he said, just the other day in the shower, and this is an 88-year-old man still thinking about his father's leaving him, right? And she turned and looked at him and said, just the other day you were thinking about this? And he said, yes. And of course, you know, he's got Alzheimer's, so where do you go with that? But I believed him, you know, because he was so convicted about it. And it was like yesterday for him, you know. The fact is, is it was still there. It was still in him. And if, if my wife could see that in his, in her own father, how would she react to how she, you know, how she's living her life kind of thing. And so it was powerful, you know? Um, 
but yeah, right up to the point of my father-in-law's passing, we were still very much engaged in a relationship. And um, matter of fact, um, he had his accident. He fell was the same night as our daughter's wedding. It was after the wedding was over. Um, he fell and broke his neck and mm. that's, that's how he ended up passing away. But um, I was the last man to hug him standing up because wow. he had broken his neck and nobody else were, was able to, you know, actually give him a bear hug like he, yeah. like he always did. So, you know, powerful little things like that. I mean, those are obviously moments that I will never forget and uh, nor will our children, you know, from that moment on. But my mother-in-law's relationship with me, and I've shared this with you, um, that I started writing her letters after, after that incident. And because at the funeral, she paid an awful lot of attention to me. And I was like, why are you giving me so much attention? Your children are here. You have four sons, you know, and four son-in-laws, you know, they're all here. And why am I the one that you've chosen to have you lead through the graveyard? And you know, lead you out of the, you know, the, the ceremony. I mean, it was just, she had me sit down in front with the family. Wow. I mean, it was like something was happening inside her, you know? And so the letters ended up, we, I ended up stopping the letter she asked me to, cause I think, you know, the truth that I was writing was kind of maybe like you, Charlene, you know, maybe saying a little too much, you know? Right. Um, and so I totally understand it and respect it. But now I write, I want to write another letter apologizing, <laughs> you know, but we'll see. Sorry I did that. Yeah. But, you know, let me, while we're talking about writing uh, and we've had holidays, we have holidays throughout the year, um, if you can and pray about everything with it, but I would definitely send cards to mm -hmm. your mother and father-in-law and mm -hmm. that you, what you would do in the past maybe keep that tradition just from you and the kids or well, you opening the door to that relationship to oh, say, yeah. because your in-laws oh, yeah. think, well, they don't want to have a relationship with exactly. me because they're divorced. Now they're separated. But if you open the door to that relationship Correct. and say, Hey, I love you. I've been in your family for X amount of years. And right. just say, hi, I'm thinking of you today. Yeah. And, and just say, I hope you have a blessed Easter, Christmas, whatever holiday. Um, I, I just think we need to, and, and then it's not on the phone so they don't feel awkward, mm. but they get something in the mail and it's innocent. Or um, I just think we have to keep trying to love them unconditionally and that they can choose how much that they will respond afterwards. But let us do what, what is mild. And, and mm. a card is, a, it says a lot. It, it's not aggressive. It's not invasive. It, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but it says I've been. She thought about me, right. or right. he thought about me. Right. You know, right. and I think that's important. Um, we need that. And um, Bob would bring the other person down to uh, my in-laws' house, and I responded very badly. But what you have to understand is, I and we have to respect the parents that they are not feeling guilty. Um, loving their son and what her daughter. Yeah. Let's talk, let's doing. talk about that for a minute because sometimes a person can get upset at their in-laws because they have welcomed another person into their home. Well said um, with 
you know, their son or daughter. And in our humanness, we can see the hurt that would happen from that because we would think, you know, well, don't let them bring her around because I'm praying for our marriage and, and, you know, block her at the door. But if we're trying to show the gospel to people, how can we do that? And if your in-laws, that may be their intention, especially if they're believers, they might be trying to love their son or daughter through this and not by saying, hey, that woman is not welcome or that man is not welcome and causing a ruckus, but instead trying to just show them the love. And we would just caution you to say, you know, maybe don't take the approach of anger mm -hmm. if that were to happen in your situation, Positively. you know, respect the, the position they're being put in as well. Um, and how can you best encourage them to continue to be Jesus to mm -hmm. you know, a person that your spouse may not know Jesus right now. And right. that's right. an opportunity the in-laws have to, you know, be a witness to them. I think, I think you're right. I, I it, I think it goes back to the compassion because your my in-laws were in pain. There was no doubt about it. My in-laws were in pain. And, and I think, you know, still are my mother-in-law is still in pain over the loss of these relationships of her bottom three children. Right. Um, and so it's, it's difficult to not love when you know that that other, that your in-laws are in pain, you know, and they're going to do the best they can to look, continue to love their children. And, and most especially it, it does in our culture, it means other relationships, you know, the move on thing, their children are moving on, you know, and, and that's just a norm and accepted today. And our, and unfortunately our in-laws, their, our families have to be dragged through that as well, just like our children do. You know, I, there was a, there was a Thanksgiving where our children were there and, my wife was, had gone back to our home state and with our kids and one of my in-law siblings, her, my wife's sister asked about the, the other man in front of our children and <clears throat> a little emotional about this, but our son got up and went into the front room and my mother-in-law followed him and said, I know this is hard for you. You know, she acknowledged it. Yeah. And so I think it's equally as hard for them to watch their family go through this process. Right. And I think though difficult as a stander, I think we have to have compassion toward not just our, it's, it's the extended family, not just our in-law parents, but the extended family, our friend family. Right. We have to have compassion on those people because this is not of God. Right. You know, this, the enemy is just trying to blast our families apart. And right. the more we contribute to that, the more it happens, you know? Um, and, and, and I know that's hard. I, I talked to a lot of, as a matter of fact, day before yesterday, I was on the phone with another standard out of your home state. And I love him to pieces and he's continued to try to create, or not just create, but maintain these, these in-law relationships. Shout out to Joe. Um <laughs> but to, to maintain these in-law relationships and he's done such a masterful job. He travels to see these people and to stay connected and to allow them to know that he's still a part of the family, even yes. though it's been years, you know? And I think that that, let's just face it. We suffer from relational connectivity as a society anyway. Yes. And if we can, 
you know, it was like, it was like a bomb went off in my head when my wife left. And I thought, you know what, the one thing I didn't focus on was relational connectivity with my wife. I was not sensitive enough to what she was processing and going through. I was more concerned about my business life and what I was dealing with. But if we could stop for a moment and believe that relational connectivity is more valuable than anything else you're doing, it would probably change the planet, you know, yes. and that's Christ. That is Jesus. Putting, yeah. putting others before us. Yeah, putting absolutely. Others before us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We, we want people to side with us and to say, you're right. That person yeah. is wretched. You're the victim. And yeah. you know, that, that feels so good on a human level, but it doesn't accomplish anything. What accomplishes yeah. things is us being the hands and feet of Jesus to people mm-hmm. that, like you said, are hurting and going through things themselves and trying to figure out, okay, what does this relationship look like now? How do we move forward? If my, my daughter's divorced now from him, how do I navigate this? Mm -hmm. And, you know, the little cards we can mail or the visits we can make or the front porch coffee stops are all things that we can control in our power to say, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to keep loving you the way Jesus would show me. And you talked about kids earlier. That's so important. I know your kids are grown now. And, um, but when you have children that are still in your home, loving and respecting their grandparents, their aunts and uncles, you know, talking about them. Oh, it's aunt Sally's birthday today. Even if that is your sister's sister, you know, your wife's sister, excuse me, you know, you can still cultivate the, that respect and that mm-hmm. honor within your family going forward so that your children know, you know, it's Father's Day. I'm going to call grandpa on both sides of the family. We're going to call grandpa today and say happy Father's Day. Whatever it is, there's ways to cultivate that um, in your children and to teach them the honor and respect that God shows us in the Bible. I think we need to teach the children that even when, especially with your younger children, as they grow up, even to teenagers, is to color pictures for grandpa and grandma, uh, color pictures for your aunt and uncle or whoever, all of the extended family members, and mail them Um do things like that, that the kids, the children still have a relationship and f- can do things that will be fun for them and the aunts and uncles so that you're still promoting love in all these different relationships. And we don't want to, even though we may not be seeing each other as frequently uh, or the kids are going over, but you're not, uh, you still need to encourage your children to do extra things to them to make sure they know that your children feel loved by aunts, mm-hmm. uncles, cousins, and all that extended family. And, and if you don't encourage it, it may fall through the cracks due to your spouse not mm-hmm. encouraging it all that way. Yeah. Totally. I've been on, you know, it's funny, here's a confession for you. And, and God actually humbled me in this Um I have three siblings who have been divorced myself. Um, I'm the fourth. It's crazy to think of that through. But um, And, you know, be, before my own stand, I let those other in-law siblings just fall to the wayside. Um, I didn't stay in touch with them. I, I didn't, you know, try to promote healthy relationships between us. 
Um, I had, you know, two brother-in-laws and they're, they're all still alive. You know what I mean? It's like two brother-in-laws and a sister-in-law all still alive. And I have really done very minimal. I actually have done nothing to foster, you know, those relationships. And here I am now on the other side of the coin. So it's like, God has opened my eyes to legit relational connectivity. They were part of the family for decades. And here I am. And, and guess what? I still have nieces and nephews that are products of those marriages that I love dearly and stay in touch with, but I've let their father or mother go. And that breaks my heart to think that, but it, but I get it because that's what's happened to me with my in-law siblings. You know, they, none of them communicate with me and, and I, but the difference now for me, because I've been humbled by God in this way is I don't try to take it out on them. You know, it's like, I understand, you know, why they do what they do. Cause it's cult, it's cultural normity to, to move on, you know, quote unquote, move, everybody moves on, you know? So it's like, but that's not God either. You know, that's not the Lord. That's not how he works. And so, and who knows, you know, once I hope that the people listening to this are challenged to, you know, hit up the drugstore and get some cards and mail them to the relatives or send a text to the relatives that they haven't had contact with. But who knows what could come out of that, of the example that you're being to them of just, Mm -hmm. you know, knocking that first barrier down to to open the communication again. I, I just think we have no idea how the Lord can use, you know, those relationships, if we will try to cultivate them, going back to Romans, as much as it depends on us to yeah. live at peace with each other. Perfect, um, perfect it, verse for today. It's huge. Yeah. And now we're talking about verses. Let me give you a challenge today. And I would go to my Bible gateway as where I live. Um, I always like to put in scriptures, but I put in, when I knew we were going to be doing this, is put in-laws in the Bible gateway. And you will be surprised what how many different scriptures it talks about the father-in-law, the son-in-law, about Ruth. And um, Ruth um, stayed with her mother-in-law, you remember, and said, um, and Ruth said, starting with one six entreat me not to leave you or to turn back from following after you for wherever you go, I will go. And wherever you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people and your God, my God, where you die, I will die. And therefore I will be buried. The Lord do so to me and more also, if anything but death parts you and me. So she was determined to be a daughter-in-law to her mother-in-law, regardless, even though her mother-in-law said go, you know, but there are 280 um, different scriptures where it said in-law in Bible gateway. And it talks about Sodom and Gomorrah, the burning bush, Moses going to Egypt. Yeah. The Bible's full of examples of, of healthy in-law relationships, full and, of examples. And I would encourage you to do a Bible gateway and insert in-laws and look up these scriptures and be encouraged about all, all these men and women of God were in-laws and they did talk about it in the Bible. So I just want us to say, you know, we may not be all that we should have been or are right now, 
but we can do so much to change or to reach out and for our children that are living at home to reach out to family and, and your aunts, uncles and cousins and um, do unto others as you want them to do to you. Yeah. Well, I think it's a great topic that we've been on today. Um, I want to mention one thing, you know, we were talking about sending cards to people and we have a great resource in our bookstore that are called prayers to share. And each booklet contains a hundred pass along notes. And we have a variety of topics in the bookstore, but they are a great resource to um, just pull one out. Each of them have a little quote on them and then a scripture. And when you need to mail a card to somebody, this is a great thing to tuck in a card that, um, you know, may say something that you don't necessarily want to write in the card. And so go to our bookstore and you can check those out. And um, it might be a great resource to use as you start opening some communication with your, um, you know, relatives and friends that maybe you need to go back around and mm. communicate with. And you can use the code SHARE, S-H-A-R-E, and save 20% off if that's something that you'd be interested in getting. Well, Jim, you were a blessing today. And as we close, I would love it if you would be willing to pray um, for those who are listening to this that are maybe going to seek out healing some relationships that have possibly, you know, gone by the wayside. Yes, absolutely. Dear Heavenly Father, I'm just so grateful that uh, we were able to have this time together today. I'm super thankful for Rejoice Marriage Ministries and all that they do to help us as standers maybe open our eyes to topics that we didn't think may be a part of our um, the gifts that you've given us during this time of standing for our marriages. It's it's really more, it's so broad. It's also creating or maintaining relationships that had been there through the years of marriage are like our in-law family, our in-law parents, um, and even extended family and friends that have suffered from um, this separation and possibly divorce. Uh, Lord, just so grateful for open discussion about this topic um, in that uh, we as standers maybe have work to do to help maintain these relationships while our um, prodigal is off in the far country. It's, you know, sometimes we, we need challenges to occupy this time and what better time to spend with you over meditating over what could be said in a card or a small little note or even a text message. Um, even if it's been years or even decades, uh, people need to know that they matter and that they're loved as you show us through your son, Jesus, that we matter and that we are loved unconditionally. Lord, help us to be much more focused on relational connectivity versus our career path or what we have in the garage or what we live in or any of the material things that are just so prevalent in today's culture. Let us be become incredible ministers of strong relationships. And Lord, I'm just, again, very grateful for this ministry and, and the topics that we discuss um, in these podcasts. We thank you and we love you. And it's in Jesus' precious name that we pray this. Amen. 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 
If we can help you in any way, we invite you to visit the website of Rejoice Marriage Ministries at www.rejoiceministries.org. Thanks for joining us today as we proclaim that God heals hurting marriages.